up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Everything Politics Podcast. Got a banger of an episode today with Arizona sports writer, college basketball expert, and Tucson legend, Jason Shear. Jason, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Jason, so before we get into everything, um, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you. Could you kind of give us a recap and uh, like how you kind of got started with Arizona sports writing and what you were doing prior to uh, what your current role is? Yeah, so I uh, I actually I went to the U of A and I uh, I graduated in 05. And at the time, um, I worked for the Daily Star for a little bit and there's a site that actually still exists now, Go Easy Cats. And uh, I, I worked over there with some great people. And, and eventually Fox and Scout started up and they kind of brought me over as a as a publisher. And and uh, eventually they got bought out by 24-7 and, and CBS. And now I, I went from a, a message board poster and a staff writer. And, and now I run Wildcat Authority. So it's been a, a long time in the making, but graduated with a degree from U of A in journalism and, and kind of went from there. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. I, as, I, as I told you over email, I'm a recent graduate from U of A this past May, class of 22. And throughout my career there and keeping up with the sports teams, you were the go-to for all Arizona sports-related content information, where they were going, what's, what's going on with the team. So you uh, played a big role in, in me and a lot of my friends' knowledge on the teams. And so for that, I thank you on behalf of all of us. So, Jason, um, obviously it's history now, but let's talk about the UCLA game this past Saturday. Um, sneaky win to get by in Vegas. What was your reaction uh, after the game? Yeah, I mean, anytime – I think the biggest thing is Arizona won a game that really didn't play all that well. And it won it playing UCLA style. I mean, it, it was one of these back and forth games. There were 17 lead changes. It was, as an Arizona basketball fan, it's something you become accustomed to. It's all these close games that Arizona basketball has. But um, really good win, you know, and, and, and being able to to win the Pac-12 tournament two years in a row is is a big deal for fans. And um, I, I just think there's something to take away from um, beating a a really good team when maybe you didn't play your your best basketball throughout the night. No, and it's impressive too because going into the season, not many people gave us much of a chance losing three guys to the NBA. But here we are, two seed in the NCAA tournament, Pac-12 champions once again. Um, I mean, like I said, here we are a year later. Where where did you see this team uh, back in November, and how have you seen them progress since then? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I think the first it, we were able to get a, a pretty good understanding that this was a good basketball team uh, as soon as they went to Maui and, and did what they did, and that surprised me. I mean, I I was preparing people on the message board saying, look, they're probably going to lose a game or two, and and for them on a neutral court to beat Creighton and beat San Diego State and beat Cincinnati, um, that was a big deal. And so after that happens, you're kind of saying, okay, this. This team, you know, it, they've got some guts and, you know, Umar Balo playing that well early on. And, and that came as a big surprise when you compare, you know, what he looked like last year. And naturally, when you lose three NBA players, you're thinking there's going to be a major drop off. And um, it's it's a different style of team, but it, it's gotten better, in my opinion, as the season went on. I mean, there's still inconsistencies, but 
Uh, this team has has come together really well, and it's not easy to do when you lose that many players. And um, it wouldn't have been a surprise if if Arizona wasn't as good as as they are now. You know, maybe people would have been disappointed, but I don't think it would have been a surprise if Arizona was like a five seed looking before the season. But the fact that they're they're a two seed with some really good wins um, says a lot about Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, and obviously with Selection Sunday uh, a little earlier today. I I kind of I think I I sensed that you had the same idea through your Twitter that they were never going to be the two seed in the West just because the committee kind of had like they were always leaning UCLA and they kind of gave a lot of credit for some reason for those injuries even though Arizona had a better out of conference resume and just won the Pac-12 championship so I guess with that being said uh, where do you see them? Uh, in the same, obviously in the South now, everything goes through Louisville and Alabama in that uh, in that bracket leading the way. Do you do you see them? Um, where do you see them moving in this uh, in the South region? You know, my initial thoughts. It, it's funny because obviously Arizona fans would have loved to be in the West, being able to go to Vegas, but I think UCLA is in a much more difficult bracket. I mean, you take a look at the West and those teams, and you're talking. You know, Kansas, UConn, um, Gonzaga, TC, it, it, it's it's a loaded bracket. Meanwhile, I'm not saying Arizona's bracket is easier, but the path is is there. I mean, Arizona beat the five seed already in San Diego State. They beat the six seed in Creighton. So they've already beaten those teams this season. Alabama is really, really good. But, you know, I, I, I was looking at Missouri and Utah State, and I've seen them a bit this year, and I don't think either team compares to TCU last year. I mean, when Arizona was paired up with TCU, you looked at TCU statistically, that was the best two-point defense of the entire nation in the second round. And so Utah State and Missouri aren't even close to that. And they're solid teams. Utah State is a very good team. But uh, when I look at Arizona's bracket in the region and, and just the way things are kind of laid out, for me, it's it's kind of hard to complain. You're going to have to beat some good teams, but there's not that ridiculous early round matchup where you're like, man, that's just, that's just unfair a bit. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of get a lot of those, honestly, with those eight and nine matchups. I mean, there's some really good ones this year too. Um, so Jason, wait, something else I wanted to discuss. So obviously being the diehard passionate fan you are, how do you kind of like control your, both your emotions and what you tweet when watching these games and there's so much fire going on. Uh, you know, I, I think it's because I've been doing this for uh for a long time that eventually, like it's funny, like at home I'll cheer, like I'll I'll shout a little bit, I don't go nuts, but at the games I I don't cheer just because uh it's a bad look. Like internally, I'm obviously cheering and I'm very clearly want Arizona to win all these basketball games, but um there's just kind of a certain expectation when you go to games and at home, I'm generally calm, and uh, my wife always, Shelby, always makes fun of me because I'll I'll randomly yell something out, like I'll be quiet, and all of a sudden I'll yell something out, and um, it, it's kind of you just kind of get used to it, I guess. Like in in I I you know I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm cheering for Arizona. I clearly want Arizona to win. Um, I went there, alumni, wife went there, and all that, but um, I, it's just a matter of. You know, especially during the regular season, I'm a very big picture type of guy where even if a loss sucks, I realize that there's 30 games in a year. And so it's like, okay, that loss sucked, but, you know, you're playing in four days. The NCAA tournament is a little bit more difficult in that regard because once you lose, you know, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, Evan, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, Jason, like, what do you think are some of Arizona's main strengths and weaknesses, you know, especially now compared to where they were maybe in December or even October? I, I think their biggest strength by far is their size. I mean, there, there's not a lot of teams in the country um, that are going to be able to deal with the front court of Julius Tubelis and Umar Bala, and especially the the mid-majors, you know, the like the Princeton's, the Missouri super small. Utah State has good size, but Arizona is still bigger. Um, that is it. That is absolutely punishing. And and the big thing is those bigs, they're mobile. Like Julius Tubelis can run the court. And, you know, like I look at a guy like Purdue Zach Eady, he's awesome. He's an awesome basketball player but he can't run the court like Tubelis can. And so clearly if they played, you would try to get out of transition because a lot of bigs can't do that. Uh, the biggest weakness to me is that at least in the regular season, you never really knew what Arizona team was going to show up. I mean, the, the, you know, we were talking earlier, the same team that beat Creighton, Tennessee, Indiana, and all those teams is the same team that lost to Stanford, Utah, and Washington state. And I'm a little less worried about that in the NCAA tournament, but um, you know, you kind of look for consistency. And, you know, I think another weakness is if, if Arizona plays a team that is super athletic, you know, it, it, I think that you would worry like a Houston that was super athletic and could really guard you. Um, I, I think that would probably give Arizona some fits. But, um, you know, overall, they they look more capable this season of dealing with that than they did last season. Well, who in the South would be that team? I mean, Bay, would you put Baylor in that category? Obviously, Alabama could fly around, but. Who's like, who's the athletic super house team? Yeah. I mean, it, it's clearly Alabama, you know, Baylor's weird. Like Baylor is super athletic, but for whatever reason, they're, they're very different than a normal Scott drew Baylor team. Their defense is not good this year. Um, I think they're like 107th in Ken Palm. Cause I was looking earlier. So they're not a very good defensive team. They're really good offensively. I think the concern there would be, you know, how does Arizona guard Baylor? They're big, they're long, they're athletic. And so Alabama and Baylor would be those two teams, and, and that's why they're seeded so highly. Yeah, and I think we were all kind of hoping for a Friday game, that extra day of rest, um, kind of kind of get everything together with some injuries. And with those injuries, specifically Balo and Kerr, how do you think they respond within the next four or five days to get ready for the game in Sacramento? Yeah, I mean, rest and, and treatment. Arizona's got a great trainer in Justin Kikoski. I mean, Umar – his injury is going to last, you know, it, it, it's a bone in his hand. That's that's, it's not going to be healed in four days. So you wrap it and you tell him to go out there and you manage the pain and Kirk rest, ice, all that stuff. You hope that it's better in in a certain amount of time. And, you know, it's going to be better tomorrow than it is today and so on. But Umar's injury just kind of is what it is, but you look at him and he was injured against UCLA and he still put up the numbers. And, and so he, it's not his shooting hand and, and he's been able to deal with it, but you know, this time of year, you're just kind of banged up. Every team is banged up. We looked at Houston was missing Marcus Sasser. They got killed by Memphis. And um, other teams around the country are missing guys. And it's just a matter of kind of, you know, kind of taking care of it and making sure they're, they're as healthy as possible going into the game. And they didn't practice today. They'll probably do a, a normal practice tomorrow and Tuesday. But, um, you know, it's it's just the kind of situation where you just kind of take care of your bodies as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's something that I also um, am interested in with this like seven man rotation that seems to be at play here. I mean, it worked, obviously it has worked for a majority of the season in the Pac-12 tournament. Where do you see them? I mean, is this going to work long-term? 
I think depth during the season is great. I, I wish that Arizona would have played more guys during the season. I think in the tournament, it's pretty much meaningless because you, you know, you look at the top teams. I remember when Villanova won the title, they played six guys pretty much. Uh, Kansas wasn't deep. And uh, these teams in the NCAA tournament, you're not playing guys that you don't trust or that you don't think will make an impact when you go in there. So you're going to see teams with a six and seven man rotations and things are going to really narrow, you know, probably starting in the conference tournament, say narrowed. So maybe it's an issue with the injuries and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, you take a look and and I love Henry Vasor, I think is going to be good, you know, I, and I think that a Demba ball isn't a lost cause, but at the same time, you're not playing him in the NCAA tournament. It, it's just a different animal. And, and so they have the depth with Kylan Boswell, Pella Larson coming off the bench is a big deal because they can move him and, and Cedric around in terms of depth. So I don't think it's a huge issue in the tournament. And, and if you look around it, I think that you're going to see a lot of these top teams are really narrowing their rotation this time of year. Okay. And with Kylan Boswell, obviously he's been a huge role player, especially the second half of the season. Where, where do you, what do you see his role in the tournament? Obviously with Chris slightly banged up and him kind of uh, elevating the last two months, do you see him getting a bigger role from Tommy Lloyd? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been awesome. And I think this past week he proved that he can handle the the role in March. You know, it, it, conference tournaments are different than the regular season and the NCAA tournament is way different, but he's a very confident kid. And the fact that he's asking for the ball, the fact that he wants the tough defensive assignments, uh, he, he's going to have a large role. And like you mentioned, like we don't know how healthy Kirk Kreese is going to be. Kirk Kreese fouled out against UCLA and Kylan Boswell went in the game and did great. And so, you know, he he is very clearly one of the most important guys on this team. And Tommy Lloyd has quite a bit of confidence in him. And and for a freshman, uh, you know, I think he's going to play 20 minutes a game in the tournament. And, and that's a pretty big deal for him. Yeah, I agree with that. So, Jason, why do you think you know, we should be rooting for Missouri over Utah State? What are some of, you know, the weaknesses Missouri has that maybe Utah does, Utah State doesn't have? Yeah, I mean, that's a personal opinion because I got a buddy that texted me right away and he's like, I totally disagree with you. And so yeah. me, um, now the, the issue with Missouri is they have they have a couple guys that are really good scores. Kobe Brown is a very good scorer. The thing is they, they don't defend very well and they're really small. They don't play bigs. Um, and so to me, I think when you go small against Arizona, it is very difficult to win. Uh, I think it may be a high scoring game, but in high scoring games, I tend to favor Arizona and just... The thing that sticks out to me is if you're not a good rebounding team and you're a smaller team, it's very hard to beat Arizona. And that to me, I think Utah State is more disciplined and they're they're significantly better uh, defensively and, and their offense is just, it's less chaotic. And, um, you know, I, I, I think Utah State, they're 18th in Ken Palm. And so they're, they're, you can make a very, very easy argument that they are underseeded. And so to me, I think Missouri is probably an easier matchup, but you know, in reality, Arizona should beat both teams. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I, I don't think, um, obviously Princeton won the Ivy today. What, what needs to be done? So to ensure that we don't look ahead, that Princeton is priority one. And obviously I believe Arizona is giving 13 points currently. And, how how do how do they not look forward to the Missouri or Utah State game and, and stay level headed? 
Tommy's really good at that. I mean, he won't even talk. Like we asked him, we we met with him today, and he won't even mention Missouri and Utah State. He said we're we're gonna watch film on Princeton. We're playing Princeton, and that's it. And they'll have a guy scout that match or whatever. But it, it to me in the NCAA tournament, if you're a good coach, your team's not looking ahead because there's no point of looking ahead because if you lose, you're done. And so I think it's pretty easy to focus uh, the task at hand. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll point to other upsets and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, in terms of focus, I, I don't think I would worry about that much. Hey, Jason, so based off everything you've seen on Princeton, what is the tape telling you? Uh, you know, they're they're a solid team, but they're 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 not very good. Like, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, this is a scary 15. Uh, I think Vermont is a better 15. I think Colgate is a better 15. They have a really good forward. Like he's probably going to enter the graduate portal and get a ton of offers. So they have one player who's really good. Six, eight runs the court really well. Um, he is absolutely a mismatch issue in the Ivy league and the PAC 12. I don't know. You know, I think he'd be good, but it's a different animal. Um, but beyond that, you know, they're, they're going to be very organized, but they're going to, uh, they're going to sit back. They'll attack the offensive glass. Um, but they they'll get back and, and try to get in transition. So they're they're not very good um, defensive rebounders. So it, it's it, it's a it's Arizona should win. Like I think the spread is is right where it should be. And honestly, I, I think Arizona probably wins by more. It would be a uh, a very very bad loss if Arizona wins this game. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about, Arizona has so many different ways to win. With that being said. What do you, if you're Tommy Lloyd, what's the game plan heading into this game? So the guy I told you about, uh, he's six eight and he's their biggest, most physical player. So and I am very confident in saying that Princeton has not seen a lineup that comes anywhere close to Umar and Azulis. I don't see any way they're able to guard that lineup. They'll probably try to slow it down. My guess is they sag off in the paint and and dare Arizona to shoot. I think it's one of these situations where if Arizona plays their game and takes care of the ball and rebounds, they should be fine. It's going to be taking care of the ball and rebounding. If Arizona controls the glass, because that's Princeton actually isn't a bad rebounding team. If Arizona controls the glass and, and takes care of the ball, I, I don't see any way Princeton wins. And you said that the, for all the 15 seeds we could have played, this is a pretty good, uh, this is a pretty good one. Um, I, I think a lot of this kind of has to do with what you said with the, um, UCLA to where to, and then with the other Pac-12 teams, Arizona State who snuck in deservingly though. I mean that win in Tucson was absolutely huge for them, and um, of course USC who plays Michigan State. Were there did you any teams you believe that got snubbed? Perhaps Oregon or anyone else you thought it should you think should have been in? No, because Oregon just didn't have enough wins. I mean I know they beat Arizona, but at the end of the day they they didn't have enough of those. Um, they were probably the only team that was would have been close to the Pac-12. Uh, you know, overall nationally, I, I think Rutgers is probably pretty pissed, but they had three quad three losses, and, and that's tough to to get over. And so, I, I don't think there was that one team that was just completely left out where everyone's wondering, like, man, how that happened. I, I actually think the committee, maybe I disagree with some seedings on some teams, but I think the committee generally did a, a pretty good job this year. Well, I was yeah. I was personally surprised that really surprised honestly that Rutgers didn't make it, especially considering Big Ten is so difficult and they're thirty five in the Ken Palm. Um, 
So you're saying this didn't come off as a huge surprise to you, or it was something that you were like, wow, they got they got snubbed? I would have had Rutgers over Nevada. You know, I, I do a little bracketology, and, and I've, I've had Rutgers in since the end of the season. I, I think the issue is that when looking at it, the you just couldn't get over Rutgers' bad losses. And, and you know, I think Rutgers is better than Nevada, but I think the reasoning for keeping Rutgers out makes sense. Um, I would have liked to seen them in. They're in a, a strong conference, but um, at the end of the day, it, it's probably hard for the committee to to get over that many quad three losses. Yeah, and what did you think about North Carolina not making it this year? You know, it's weird that it, to me, I actually they were closer than I thought. I think the committee said they were the third team out, which means, you know, if they win one more ACC tournament game, they're probably in. You got to assume because of the brand name, but. Um, they shouldn't have been in. They just, I think they had one quad one win and that was Virginia. Um, you just can't do it like that. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, a, a part of me said, oh, maybe they'll get the benefit of the doubt. They're Carolina, what they did last year and all that. But uh, it's just, they made it super difficult to put them in. So Jason, where we grew up in Indiana. So we're Hoosier fans. Wildcats obviously come first though. We were actually at the game in, uh, in Vegas in, in December where, Arizona kicked IU's ass. Um, what um what what do you I don't know if you know much about Hoosier basketball, but I personally kind of believe they're overhyped. I think they're only minus four against Kent State. Yeah. I think that uh that seems like a trap. I um what what's your initial reaction when you see something like that? Kent State's good and it's a trap <laughs> because, <laughs> because the first thing you see when you say is oh Indiana's much better than Kent State. I'm gonna put all my money on Indiana. That's exactly what Vegas wants you to do. Kent State's good. That is a that is a legitimately difficult matchup. I think the difference is when you have when you have Trace and the other team does it. You know that's that's obviously a huge advantage. But if the Indiana doesn't come to play or, or they're off that day, they'll they'll lose that game to Kent State. That's that's a pretty good thirteen seed. Yeah, in Indiana, you know they all like you said. Arizona has many ways to score. Indiana really only has Trace and you know one or two shooters. They struggle a lot to score when Trace isn't having a good game. So, you know, I don't see him going very far, maybe round 32, Sweet 16 if they're lucky. Who's their five? Do you know? Their five is Trace. That's how small they are. No, no, I mean like the the seed. Like if they oh. win, they play who? Oh, Miami. Miami. Yeah, good. that's, yeah. that's My- tough. I think, yeah. I think Miami's really good. But Miami's big is hurt, so if he's out, that's a huge advantage. Wait, so of all the regions, which region do you believe is the most difficult? The West. I, I think the bottom of like I think UCLA is gonna walk into the sweet sixteen, but the top of the West is really I mean, when you're talking Kansas, UCLA, Yukon, all those, that is a, a very top heavy bracket. Yeah. And if you're Kansas, how pissed are you that you didn't get the Midwest and that in, in Kansas City and that Houston is gonna be representing the Midwest? And you got Arkansas as your eight, and, and Arkansas is a really talented team. And I've been saying this whole time, like People are like, oh, what seven or ten don't you want to see? And it was, it's always Arkansas. Like I and, and I know that they aren't outstanding this season, but they're talented. They got Nick Smith, or they're pretty well coached. That that's a difficult draw for Kansas. They're, they're probably pretty pissed. Well, I personally believe that. I think Memphis is going to perform. I think they're going to beat FAU and then beat Purdue in the round of thirty-two. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm I'm out on Purdue. I mean, I know that they've got talent, but. Whenever I watch them, I mean, look, there's there's a reason why every fan base of the two seeds wanted Purdue to be their one. <laughs> like, if yeah. if you're asking me who the weakest one is, it's it's by far Purdue. 
And so how, let me ask you this. As the Arizona fanatic you are, how many how many games would you say you've been to this year? Uh, I've been to – I went to every home game this year. I didn't go to a away game this year. Usually I do. Uh, I'll be at the NCAA tournament, but I, I went to every home game. When do you leave for Sacramento? Uh, Tuesday. So because it's – the way they do it is because the game starts on Thursday, Wednesday's media day, open gym, all that. So I'll be flying out there on Tuesday. Okay. Uh- I was going to say, are there any, like, you know, questions you already have in mind that you're interested in asking, you know, maybe some of the players, some of, you know, some of the staff with the Arizona team? I think the biggest thing that I'm curious about is people kind of ignore the fact or don't really pay enough attention. That was the first time that most of those guys were in the NCAA tournament last year. True. And and, the, and it, there was a little bit of shell shock, I think. Uh, this year, these guys have been there. Even Courtney Ramey has been there. It'll be new for Cedric. It'll be new for Boswell, but um, that's much better than last year. So I'm curious if their approach has changed, if they're more comfortable, if they'll admit that, hey, last year we were a bit shook or a bit, you know, it, it was new for us. So um, I asked Tommy that today, and, and he said that he he thinks they're 100% more comfortable than they were last year, but we'll see when they get there. So I'm curious what the guys say. And so uh, last this past Saturday, Ramey obviously had one of the biggest shots of his career. Um, but aside from that shot, I would say Pelly Larson was honestly the difference maker in that game. Aside from Tabellis or even Balo, who needs to be that difference maker if they're going to make a deep run in this tournament? I mean, the, the easy answer would probably be Kirk Risa, um, or just the point guard in general. You, you think you got to get good play from Kerr and Boswell combo. For me, it's Pella because I, I, you know, I, I think when Pella turns it on, we saw against UCLA, he had the big dunk. He had the, you know, Cordy Ramey shot gets played and we're talking about Ramey, but the real play on that was, was Pella tipping the ball out on the rebound. And, and so, you know, it, if Pella plays well, Arizona is really hard to beat. When, when Pella doesn't show up or struggles, um, Arizona becomes a, a lot more easier to defeat because he defends well, he, he rebounds really well, he can score when he needs to. And, um, he, he's probably one of the more versatile guys and, and one of the more important ones also. So, so something else that came I came across on your Twitter, and I'm, you've been dealing with it for a long time now. Jason, why are why are these UCLA fans so obsessed with you? Um, I, I'm very honest and and I and I don't uh I often don't think before I tweet. And so <laughs> I'll tweet something and then I'll kind of tweet what I'm thinking and then Sometimes I'll be like, oh, crap, like like a half an hour later. But I don't know. You know, I, I think I've dealt with a lot of really nice fan bases. I'm I'm super respectful in person and Twitter. I kind of like to get people riled up a little bit. But I think the UCLA fan base is you – no, know, I grew up in SoCal. You know, I, I've been in Tucson since I went here in, in 2001, but I, I lived in Southern California. Um, it's just kind of the way the fan bases are. USC is the same way as, as UCLA, even though – they probably don't want to admit it and in, in that they think their university is the best at everything and, and there's no other option. And when they hear something that kind of contradicts that, it, it kind of sets them off. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, um, it kind of that makes sense. Honestly, if you think about it, everyone's, everyone's, uh, when you get put on the spot, it's a lot harder to, to defend yourself like that. Um, before we let you go, I want to ask you a few more questions. And, uh, this one is definitely, that something that has gone viral in on your behalf and throughout Arizona. What can you explain your relationship with Kirk Krissa? 
Uh, Kurt, Kurt, I, we, we talk sometimes offline. Uh, it's, it's mutual respect. We, we goof around. I think people, there was a tweet that we had back and forth. I don't remember when it was. And and we were completely joking around and people took it seriously as if we had like some rivalry and it's like, not, not at all. Like we, you know, um, it's, it's cordial. We respect each other. We'll, we'll make jokes with each other if need be, but, um, he's just, he's, I think he gets a, a tough deal on the court because of how he acts and, and i completely get why other fan bases don't like him but but off the court he's just he's just a normal dude and, and he's really a, a good kid and um it's it's fun covering him he's 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 honest and he's kind of similar to me where he doesn't have much of a filter and he'll give a a great quote but um arizona fans should be should be pumped to have him on their tape yeah i remember when i was there my final semester a year from a year ago from now um, I would see him. I, I would see him around campus quite often. I mean, he's he's very generous. He's uh courteous with his time. So yeah, I have I have nothing but good experiences with Chris. Um, Jason, before we let you go, I want to do a few rapid fire questions. If you uh, are ready, you're, are you ready? Okay, <laughs> you got it. Who who is the coolest person you've ever gotten the chance to interview? Ooh, interview. Um, I would say there was a an AU event years ago that Nike put on in an airport hangar in Santa Monica. And we were there watching high school guys and LeBron James and Kevin Durant walk in and they're just sitting next to us talking and hanging out. So it wasn't an, an in-person interview, but it, it was cool. Um, Lute Olson to me is, okay. you know, that's yeah. the actual sit down interview that, that really sticks out, mm-hmm. went to his house and interviewed him. And, oh, and wow. that was awesome. That's amazing. That's great. Best restaurant in Tucson. Ooh. Um, that's really tough. Let's go Mina Dito. Okay. Um, since started since you started covering Arizona basketball, which year was the best team? Uh, you know, I actually think the best team was the team that didn't win it. Though where when it, Brandon Ashley broke his foot, uh, to me that was that was the best Arizona team that uh, that I would was around. And, and to this day, I say if Brandon Ashley didn't break his foot, that was a, a national title team. Who is your most interesting follower on Twitter? Um, man, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. I think Obama. I think Obama follows me, but he follows like a million people. I, he follows like a bunch of Tucson. Okay. I don't know why. Probably political reasons. Okay. But uh, that was fun. How how far are the Wildcats going in this tournament? I have only taken an initial look, but I have them in the Elite Eight, losing to to Alabama. Okay, and last question: by twenty twenty five. What conference will Arizona be playing in? Oof. I I I would lean towards Big 12. Uh mm-hmm. with the caveat that it could change tomorrow. I mean it's but right now the answer would be it would be the Big 12. Oh, Jason, I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, like I said, you're an Arizona legend, and to speak with you has been an honor. Can't wait to watch what uh what the cats do this week in Sacramento. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on.